time for baseball with the Bard. Good morning, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to Baseball with the Bard. Back after a week off, but you got the little update of Corey Kluber throwing that no-no. But we are here. Noah Cross, your host, joined by Tyler Bard. Tyler, how are we, sir? We are doing well. It was a wild two weeks in the MLB as well. We, uh, You know, it might have been a good thing we missed because we're going to have an action-packed episode this week this is um, there true. is definitely a lot going on from injuries to trade rumors to all sorts of rumor mills to some particular players just absolutely popping off at the plate so uh, i'm looking forward to what we have to talk about today i got a lot of good stuff oh yes a lot of great stuff indeed and just a reminder to everybody watching we are streaming live on facebook youtube at bard and cross entertainment and twitch at tbard 5195 so come join us check us out you missed uh if you didn't catch it last night you might have missed a great tournament tyler want to tell us a little bit about your tournament last night yeah so i was in a fall guys tournament me and my buddy empath eric if you're not following empath eric on twitch please go make sure you do that uh, we unfortunately got eliminated a little bit early in the tournament, even though we did very well. A little slip up from Eric on one of the levels. He got actually griefed by one of the other players, Noah, uh, that we were going up against. The guy grabbed him and he fell off the platform. And unfortunately, that's how they made their comeback. We were, uh, and I, I, if I had died, that would have been game over. So I kept it alive to the very last breath. But unfortunately, they were the better team. They had us beat, honestly. If we were to just rank our teams, we were the worst winning team in the whole tournament, going up against the best winning team in the whole tournament. So we almost took them out in round one. So I'm very proud of what we did. It was our first tournament. And you can catch more content like that from me and Eric. So at Empath Eric and TBard5195, always playing games on Twitch. Make sure you guys come by, come by and check it out, especially over the summer. You're going to be playing a lot more on Twitch. Yes, absolutely. Check out Tyler Bard there over on his page. And... For right now, though, we are live on his page. We're talking baseball, folks. So if you're looking for gaming, sorry, you'll come back later. Maybe Tyler will be on tonight. I don't know, but come back. Maybe. maybe. For I'm now. I might do a reaction of the pay-per-view tonight. Oh, I don't know. I don't okay, know. Okay. Very good. <laughs> so for now, let's get into some baseball with two pieces of history. The first one here. Josh Donaldson of the Minnesota Twins makes history. Yesterday, Donaldson of the Minnesota Twins scored the two millionth run in baseball history off of a Nelson Cruz ground rule double. So you saw it here, folks. Yesterday, history was made. Two million runs. Now, Tyler, does that seem high or low? I mean, when you really think about how long baseball's been around, it feels low. <laughs> I agree, right? So originally, when I saw two millionth, I thought it was the two millionth home run, but I was wrong. I was no, it's the two millionth run. So I was, I had to double check, and I mean, obviously, it checks out. I mean, it's a big, big news oh, all over sure. the place. But two million does seem very, very low. Like I don't know. Yeah, like, I don't know. I mean, I mean, when baseball, the MLB, if we're talking like modern stat era, uh, what nine? 1902 mm -hmm. uh so two million runs in that time i, I guess that's fair but i mm -hmm. mean we're just both you and i have been to games that were absolute slugfests yes. so you know yeah. we we expect that it would be higher but if you really put it into perspective that's a shitload <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> No, for sure. That is true. Two, two million runs is a lot. It just didn't seem like it. Like when the headline said that, like I said, if it was two million home runs, that'd be that'd be like, whoa, that's a lot. Right. But it's nice runs... that someone like Josh Donaldson got it too. Someone true, who right? is such a polarizing figure. Mm -hmm. And that you know MLB was like, son of a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> and and Cruz hit the hit it. Like, I mean, so Nelson right. Cruz as well. Right. So they literally <laughs> and, and it could have been anybody yesterday. It would have really? been better if Joe, Joe West was behind the plate. Oh, gosh. So he could just sweep home plate again in front of Joe West. Ah, yep. good stuff. Yep. We'll, we'll, we'll get to Joe West in a little bit. It's coming. Yeah, it's getting there. But first, some more history. Yes. As we see the Yankees' Gio Urshela, oh, yes. who on Friday night had a three-ball walk. So we're going to watch the video of this real quick, and then we'll, then we'll get into this. Funkhauser out of the U. There's a strike, one and two. Check swing fouled away. Moisture, get a better grip. And you see Funkhauser doing a lot also. 
foul the way. By this time. Manhattan term or Bronx term, one of So Urshela works a walk. So you see there up at the uh, up in the corner when they gave him the walk, the count was three two. It was a full count. That was correct. Michael K, as you could hear, even took a minute to say Urshela worked a walk because he was confused. I'm gonna I have the I wrote down the pitches here uh, of the at bat. There was nine pitches in the at bat. All right, the first pitch was ball one. Okay, strike. Strike one was the second pitch. The third pitch was that straight paint on the outside corner, 93-mile-an-hour fastball. That was a beautiful fastball. Yeah. That was strike number two, okay? Uh, and then he fouled one away. That fourth pitch was the controversy because he had that check swing where he fouled the ball off, and it was clear that it hit the bat. Like, a ball doesn't right. fly like that. But from what they said is the umpire might have thought it hit the glove of the catcher as opposed oh. to hitting Gio Rochella's bat. And oh. maybe, yeah, maybe that he just heard – he, he didn't realize that he heard the ball hitting wood and not leather. Um, so then it went ball two, then two fouls in a row. The second foul there, Gio missed. That was the fastball down the middle. Should have done something with it, but didn't. A third foul, a nice corner fastball. And then ball three was outside, and Urshela just walked. Like, he, he tossed the bat. He took off his uh, shin guard, took off his elbow, uh, his wrist guards there. You and know, no and, one said and anything. Trotted at first, and <laughs> nobody knew a thing. So, it almost um, looked like the pitcher was like, I don't think that was ball. Well, okay, whatever. Yeah, but nobody. Yeah, it's a thing. Like <laughs> nobody said a word. Even Geo, even Geo. Actually, no. I'm sorry. Geo after the game was quoted in saying he did know. He did know, and he just he kind of just blanked when he was doing it. He was walking, but nobody said anything, so we just kept going. And I'm like, you know, what? Why would you? Good for you, Geo. Right? Did he end up scoring. No, no, he uh, did not end up scoring because that would have been something. Damn. It, it would have made it better, right? Oh yeah. Um, we, so love, pitch, we love scandals in baseball. Right? So the pitcher there, Kyle Funkhauser, battled Gio in a nine-pitch at bat. Gio took a foul ball inside uh, that may have been mistaken for a foul tip off of the catcher's glove, as we saw before. Gio took the next pitch, a fastball outside, tossed his bat, took off the shin guard, and tried to the first base, That's and so no one knew a thing. The next inning, Michael K. ran it back with Paul O'Neill, and they saw that there were only three balls in the at-bat, and that was exactly what happened. Like, the ball clearly hit the uh, bat. As my, Apollo O'Neill said, the ball doesn't shoot off like that when it hits a glove. Like, no. that, you know, the ball hit the glove. I hit the ball, hit the bat. After the game, the umpire behind home plate, Vic Carapazia, Carapazia uh, said he missed it. And he was just like, I don't know. Like, no one, no one noticed. Literally, what? nobody noticed. Even the Tigers manager, A.J. Hinch, said, I didn't know until after the game. So... That's insane. Nobody had it. The only person that knew distinctively was Gio, but it wasn't until he was halfway to first. And then when nobody said anything, it was just like, oh, I'm just going to see what happens here. And (laughs) by the time the next pitch is thrown, that's it. Like, you can't call it back anymore. It's similar to if you were to review a play, uh, you have to call the review call, right? You have to make the motion before the next pitch is thrown because once the next pitch is thrown – it's over. So, right. I mean, what what do you even do though? Do you what do they go to the replay to see if the ball hit the hit the bat? In they go in the watch the count pitch? probably. Yeah, they'll go watch and the pitch count and see what they watch the pitch count it. and see. All right, fair, but that's the thing. The umpire didn't make the call. He kind of just put his hand up like this, but it, it and that looked like he was just calling time out to give the catcher a new ball. Oh, okay. he didn't actually well, make a foul ball. Then call. they'll have to make a second judgment. I would yeah, assume. right. Yeah. So who knows? But the, the ruling on the field was was nothing, which would tell me it was – I don't – like, that's a thing. Like, so you don't know exactly. It's hard to tell. But uh, well, something, something like this is unprecedented. It doesn't happen very yeah. often. It yeah. has happened before mm-hmm. where someone has walked on a three-pitch walk and then been like, oh, wait, no. And they go back to the plate. Yeah. Um, but this is – it's water. So what do what do we do? Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, there's obvious. It's obviously not a big deal. Nothing came out of it. Um, so it'll be ignored, except for the haters who are going to talk about it for the next three years about how the Yankees cheated and walked to first on that yeah, one right. on three pitches. Honestly, but, I want to see. I want to see guys trying this now. Like every game. Oh my god! Yes. Some, some people just like, like taking ball three and just route. like tossing, like taking stuff off, <laughs> and the umpire's like, "What are you doing? Like, get back in the box. Let's go." Um, I love that. Uh, so from that, two pieces of history to this interesting situation that happened here uh, in the Cardinals game. So Joe West compensates 
Compton skates, Cards pitcher Giovanni Urshela's. I'm sorry, Giovanni Gallegos hat. On Tuesday, Cardinal starter Giovanni Gallegos took the mound when umpire Joe West, of course it had to be him, couldn't be anybody else, noticed a foreign substance on the bill of Gallegos' cap and took the cap away, and he took that away under MLB Rule 6.02C7, which says pitchers may not have on his person or in his possession any foreign substances whatsoever. The Cardinals manager, Mike Schmidt, was obviously pissed. Like, I, the piss is the best way I could put it. I'm not going to say he was mad. He was he was fuming, fuming, for good reason. And I imagine Tyler's going to jump all over Joe West once I finish with this uh, little introduction here. After the game, the manager, Mike Schmidt, said, this is baseball's dirty little secret, and this is the wrong time and the wrong area to expose it. Schlitt also said, you want to police some sunscreen or rosin, go ahead. Get every single person in the league. Why don't you start with the guys that are cheating with some stuff that's really impacting the game? Now, that and was a good line. That was a good line. That could be maybe calling back to the Astros. I, I right? didn't agree they... with its first part. I didn't okay. agree with yeah. its first part. Yeah. But that, that was good. Like, actually, people who are affecting the game, we should mm -hmm. be focusing on that. Mm -hmm. So uh, he argued that the ruling, I'm sorry, he argued the ruling when it happened. So when Wes walked out and took the hat off of Gallegos in the seventh inning um, and he made him get a new hat uh, and obviously he was ejected. So, I mean, what do we think about this? Tyler, go ahead. I know you have some, I mean, some stuff for, for Joe. Joe it needs to head out to the ranch because he he's just lost his touch. At, granted, he's one of the smartest men in baseball when it comes to baseball knowledge, mm -hmm. but he just is a guy who, and by the way, before I roast him too much, uh, a big congratulations on uh, the most games umpired by a umpire in Major League Baseball goes to Joe West last Joe week. West. Last week he did that, um, and he promptly got booed when they announced it on the scoreboard. I think it was um, this. I think it was this exact game. Was it this game? Of course. So he's like, must make headline. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so yeah, so Joe West is just like Angel Hernandez, where if his name's not in the headline, he's not doing his job according to himself. Um, and the game is not about the umpires; it is about the players. And those two umpires and Ron Culpa seem to always want to make it about themselves. And I find that pretty disrespectful to the game. And uh, just to to round out how I feel about Joe West's call, um, congratulations on the 5,000-plus games, but you've been blind for the last 3,000. So I think it's time to hang him up and bring your boy with you because the umpire should not be impacting this kind of game. I think, honestly a little bit of substance on the hat is not a big deal as long as you're not globbing um, pine tar on the ball. That's just my opinion, though. Yeah, no, exactly. I agree. And that's the thing. It's, as Mike, as Mike Schlitz said here, uh, there's lots of things happening in baseball that are a little just like, really, that's what we're doing? That's what and we're it, it's, it's a lot more than just a guy having a little bit of something here. We see it all the time. Every hey, picture. Baby powder. Whatever or, it is, or rosin, anything. Right. They're sweating. I mean, they're in the sun. It's hot, right? And they're doing this to like adjust their brim, and they maybe they're wiping. Their hands. I think they're wiping off their fingers. That's what right. they're doing, right? Because right? I mean, guys sometimes do this, but that material on your jersey isn't really absorbent. This no. cardboard bill of your hat—it's not meant to be because you're exactly. sweating in it. You don't want exactly. to be in a sweaty jersey. So they go like this to really get get whatever is on their hand, whatever sunscreen, sweat, rosin, whatever, so they can get that good grip on the ball, and then they pitch. So they're going to get a little bit of wear there after some time. Yeah. And Joe, Joe West was decided, even though he's probably seen that 100 times, that today was the day, the day. No, to go take the hat. No, we were talking about it at the B's opening day, that the, the biggest joke uh, in the MLB is the umpire's union. Mm -hmm. because it protects these old guys. There shouldn't be anyone in the league as an umpire older over the age of 65. If you're 60 or older even, I think that should be it. You should be able to go into training and do schools and do stuff like that. Or if they want to work past the age of 60, it should be like a driver's license test. You need to pass your exam or you cannot umpire anymore. Um, because, dear God, I mean, I know Angel Hernandez is probably only what 58 59 mm -hmm. uh but he's blind as a bat i don't think joe west has eyes uh so it's just it's i hate that we i mean last year noah we literally had a segment that was what did the dumb umpires do this week yep um and they've been better 
this year. They've been calling much better close plays. There haven't been as many replays uh, that have gone questionable, but I'm just sick of it. And uh, you know what? The umpires just make me mad. Can we talk about something that doesn't make me mad? Yeah, we're going to talk about this. This is going to make you laugh, as well as everybody else. This is going to make you laugh. Uh, oh, yeah. Javi Baez, Javier Baez from the Chicago Cubs had some very clever base running. And, I mean, yes, it's very clever base running. We can also account it to being very, very poor uh, game awareness on the part of the first baseman here. But we're going to show this video, and then we'll talk about it after. Baez hits it on the ground to third. Gonzalez. So good. Oh my goodness! Wow! You gotta be kidding me! You've gotta be they kidding me! They stole a run. You have gotta be kidding me, Javi Baez. Keep going! Go! Go! Think you're invisible. El Mago, indeed. That is unbelievable. That is incredible. What is Will Craig thinking about here? Just take the ball to first base. Backpedal first. Uh, yeah, as you can see by the look on Tyler's face, he is not amused whatsoever. Will Craig, there was two outs, by the way. So the first baseman could have easily just stepped on second and it's over. Like the run can't, the run doesn't matter anyway. Like the, it's it. That's it. Um, so he decides to chase Javier Baez back because he normally that happens. Sometimes the runner, oh, as he's heading to first, will just silly. stop. Right, sure. Right, like Sometimes, exactly. Thing. Sometimes everyone will just stop running, like Beltre, and then the guy will, he'll make the, the the defender come to him. But yes, exactly. So Baez, I mean, maybe he didn't know that whoever was running the bases there had some speed and was going to be able to make it home. He might have known. I mean, he might have just oh, said, because yeah. he no, because he was he was more he was doing like a he was doing like one of these moves, like come on, go 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 go, <laughs> like when when he saw that the pitcher was was taking the bait. You know, like he saw that the pitcher was coming in and he was like, oh, this is beautiful. Like those are one of those plays that you could practice and you will never see it in 162 games. 162 games never happened, but game it happened. Game 162, it pops up. Yeah, but here you go. And it actually, Can I just say the best part of that was that even after he scored, Javi Baez just goes, safe, and just yeah. jumped up in the yeah. air. Like, <laughs> he calls it. <laughs> and, then he, yeah, and then he realizes he has to start running. I love the part where when he's on second, he gets there, and even he doesn't under he doesn't realize that that actually just happened. And he asks the umpire, <laughs> wait, I'm safe, right? And the umpire's like, yeah. And he's like, let's go. And, like, that, and then that he realizes. Greg Amzinger, right? Who, I think yes. that MLB Network had picked up the game at that moment. Oh, and okay. of course they did. They Of course they did. Mm -hmm. That happens all the time. Whenever MLB tunes in, something nuts happens. And uh, I love Greg Amsinger, who's just like, go, you're invisible. He can't see you. Just run the third. <laughs> it's unreal, dude. It's it unreal. goes more to show you um, almost the respect that people have for Javi. Because mm. I don't think that that first baseman would chase anyone else down. It was because it was Javi. And he was like, oh, we're going to have fun down the first baseline. Oh, oh, oh. And then he, you know, screwed himself. <laughs> and then the Cubs got to run. <laughs> In the script here, folks, I literally put, you know, Javier Baez, uh, very clever base running, and then the cue for the video. And then it just says there isn't much to say. No. LMAO. LMAO. I actually put LMAO in the script because, like, I just – I don't even know what to say. Like, tag, tag first base. Are we five? Are we five? Yeah, Did we like, not learn that when you turn six? This, um, is, this is the type of play that when I'm playing kickball with my middle schoolers, yeah, I have to shout like tag first, tag like right. I have. Do you know what I mean? Right. And this guy is making you know who knows how much. Yeah, not much play, after tomorrow to play professional baseball. Yeah. Oh man, so now that it's just funny. Right. You love, Nothing you professional know. going on over there. You like to see it, and, and and there's very few guys who could pull that off, and Javier Baez is definitely he's one. the only one. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, so from one to the other here, the New York Mets have an injury problem, and. It is extensive. We're going to name 10 names now, but I am I think the total number of Mets injuries currently is 13 to 14. It's around there. And it's oh. and, the, and once I start reading these names, it gets worse. Yeah, so here right. we go. Center fielder Albert Almora is supposed to return on June 5th. Luis Gilmore is, should return tomorrow. J.D. Davis should return on June 5th. Oh. Jeff McNeil, who is one of their starting outfielders, should return on June 28th. Michael Conforto should return on June 25th. 
Carlos Carrasco, who is a new pitcher, should return on June 25th. Kevin Pilar, who was hit in the face, um, roughed him up bad. He was okay, though. He was actually joking around. He's okay. His face looks like a battered tomato. But he is in great spirits. Like he literally it's Kevin Pilar. Yeah, he showed up to the game the next day and said, (laughs) and literally, like to like the 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 press was there. Yep. And he said to the press, he's like, yeah, we got here. And I'm surprised it wasn't in the lineup today, but what are you going to do? <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, all right. Oh, that first day back in the dugout. Oh, it was rough. Oh Honestly, God. though, it's amazing that he was there because the, the guys who get hit in the face, like, you know, some, and granted it hit him in the nose. It broke the his nose. The guys who have been hit in the face this year, it's like nothing happened. Yeah. Like him Bryce and Harper. Bryce, and Bryce him, Harper yeah. were like, ow. Oh, shit. Yep. Yeah. So <laughs> that's wild. it. I mean, it depends on where it hits you. Maybe it was an off-speed pitch. I don't know exactly yeah. what pitch it was. But uh, anyway, Dellen Batances, no surprise there, is out till June 12th. And he, uh, DeGrom just came back from injury. Just yeah. came back. And this is the big one here. Noah Syndergaard Gosh. is out until at least September 1st, probably longer. And this is after he had a rehab assignment in the uh, Mets minor league system down in AAA. And he had some very bad soreness in his arm after he threw a couple innings. He was supposed oh. to do a gradual ascension to back to real form where he would do, um, you know, like a, a two game start and then have four games and then go to six games and then go to a full eight or nine innings in, in the minor system. And it just didn't work. Um, so he is now out until at least September 1st. Could be longer. There's no real telling. Uh, the September Mets are at the first. bottom. The Mets are at the bottom of the league, as in all of baseball, ranked 30th overall in hitting, with a team average of 225 and an OBP of 309. OBP is very low. The average isn't terrible. 225. I mean, that's I don't know how that's You're that, still 30th. That's that's still 30th. You're right. Uh, they're facing. Uh, they're faring a little better in the pitching department. They're ranking 17th overall, obviously with the help of Jacob Degrom. Um, their team ERA is 308. And uh, the the thing I could say right now is it is just tough to be a Mets fan at the moment because they had so Anthony. many. I'm yeah, sorry. Uncle Anthony, we're sorry. Our condolences. Um, <laughs> they had so many big moves in the off off season with Lindor, with Carrasco, and it looked like they were going to turn the page. They were going to start, you know, getting into a bit of a groove, and they did. They have a really good start to the season, and then the injuries piled up. So Tyler, what do we what do we think here? I mean, I mean, obviously, it's unfortunate what's going on. Um, with with the Mets right now. And the, again, we came into this season, they were hot. They were ready to go and ready to fire on all cylinders. Um, but unfortunately, sometimes it just doesn't happen. Um, and their team got just torn to shreds. And it's un, it is unfortunate, but it is what happens sometimes. Will they bounce back if they can get all these guys back healthy? Possibly. But who know, who's to say? It's the Mets. They seem to be cursed. Um, so who, who's to say what's going to happen, Noah? Yeah, you're right. Who's to say we know exactly what's going to happen? If we had a crystal ball, even that ball might be confused because we've said it before and we'll say it again. Baseball is a wild, wild game. It sure and is. Speaking of the absolute wildness of baseball, the Colorado Rockies place their star, Trevor Story, on the 10-day injured list. Uh, they're saying he has some sort of elbow injury. There's no exact knowing uh, how long he might be out entirely or what the extent of the injury is yet. Story has been hitting 255 with five home runs and 23 RBIs so far this season. Uh, the Rockies as a team are 24th overall in hitting with an average of 235 and an OBP of 301. Their record is 19 and 34. Woo-hoo. Damn. Yeah. Like just when I'm sad about the Yankees, I look at that and I'm like, all right, it could be worse. Could yeah. Be worse. Rough. Um, and that makes them they're still in fourth place though in the NL West which is hilarious that they're 19 and 34 they're still in fourth they're one game better than the Diamondbacks who are 18 and 34 so Rockies it could be worse yay (laughs) (laughs) so you know it's unfortunate and this goes back to an episode that we had a few weeks ago where we talked about how the MLB as a whole had an injury problem Oh, yeah. Um, and we talked about how the start stop to last year's season could have contributed, how the weird season, shortened season could have contributed, how the extended postseason could have contributed after the shortened season. So there's yeah. a lot of factors that come into play, um, you know, that are adding to these injuries. And the Mets are, you know, huge. I mean, look at them, 13 to 14 injuries. That's all right. And then those are all their starters. So unfortunate. You know, it is unfortunate. One thing that is very fortunate, Tyler, 
yeah. is all of the amazing happenings over at Clovercrest Media. So let's give our fans here a good look at what's going on. You over got there. it. The Giants are running New York like the times as Danny is dropping all sorts of dimes. Saquon's thighs are ruining defense's lives and Leonard Williams making opposing QBs feel him. Receivers think it's scary to line up across James Bradbury and the Giants have a bright future led by coach, judge, jury, and executioner. Tune in to Drawing About the G-Men every Wednesday at 6, live on Facebook, YouTube, and Twitter. Which one day I would get it right one day. Hey, remember how many times you used to do the messages for the uh, for your voicemail? It goes something like this. What's going on, everyone? Thanks for locking into another episode of I'll Piss You Off Shortly. <laughs> this is the podcast where we debate everyday issues, pushing your thought process beyond what's normal. The topics discussed here are meant to be intense, promote growth, and at times may have you feeling. A little bit uncomfortable. Me too, a little bit. We may not always agree, and we will more than likely have varied opinions. But with that being said, I can't promise to be your favorite podcaster. Neither do I want to. But I can promise to be transparent, fair, and open-minded. So please, if you think you've got the stamina, passion to debate, analyze, and challenge the normal, please take a number. I promise you. I'll piss you off shortly. Attention all basketball fans, CMG Sports presents the Posting Up Podcast, where Lucas Boldick, Sean Scanlon, and King Zay discuss the latest news and topics throughout the NBA. So, if you have a love for basketball, make sure you check out the Posting Up Podcast, live every Tuesday and Saturday on Facebook, YouTube, and Twitch. Also available for download on every podcast platform. Clovercrest Media Group presents a CMG podcast. Keys to the city. Keys to the city, baby. I crossed up by Colby, well, floated Shaq, and then Shaq goes like this, and the rest is history. Pay attention. Don't tell me what to do, devil woman. Speaking of those Lakers. But I, but I, hold on, hold on. But I didn't make my point. I didn't make my I said Denver's going to win. Yeah, you did. You said that. There's no other show like that. Clovercrest is doing great things right now. Streaming everywhere. The Cross and Wrestling Entertainment Podcast presented by Clovercrest Media is what you AEW fans have been looking for. Noah Cross and Tyler Bard give their take on every week's episode of Dynamite. If you are a massive AEW fan, then it is time to join us every Sunday at noon Eastern Standard Time. Stay Crossum. And that is about all we've got for ads today. But I usually at that point, Noah, if you remember, That's I'll put a clip from for. Twitch. I know. But Twitch right now has changed some of their privacy settings. Oops. And all this morning, I've been trying to get clips for the last 30 minutes before we started this. And it won't let me pull even my own stuff off of Twitch. I tried to take something off of Eric's channel from yesterday, and I couldn't even do that. Uh, so something changed on Twitch. When I figure it out, we will have previews for our Twitch content. And I didn't want to keep playing that same video over and over and over and over and over. Uh, so remember, you can come find me playing. I got the new MLB uh, to uh, the show game, by the way. Uh, and I've been playing that on stream a little bit. So you can come see me playing that. You can come see me playing Fall Guys. I've got just downloaded uh, Battlefield Five, a Call of Duty. So I've got a few games on the horizon that you guys can come watch me playing and killing Noah in because he sucks up every video game ever, including baseball. Ah, uh, not true. <laughs> anyway, baseball is my game. Um, <laughs> speaking of somebody who makes baseball their bitch, Fernando Tatis Jr. Did you like that? Do you like that transition? That was oh, good. That was good. That was very good. That was Fernando well Tatis done, Jr. is an absolute legend. Yeah. Uh, he has his batting average right now is 309. His slugging is 698, and he has 14 home runs this season already. His best quality is that he is clutch AF. Uh, let's check out this video from last night that makes all of us have joy in our hearts. And a 1-1 to Fernando. Fernando! 
Hits one in the air down the left field line. It is headed towards the pole. It is headed onto the tracks. It's a three-run home run. History in Houston for Fernando Tatis Jr. With two outs in the ninth, the Padres have tied it up 6-6. to Unbelievable. Can we just talk about Man. the swagger when he hit the ball? Oh, yeah. Unbelievable. Uh, um, dude, uh, there are a few things I want more after seeing that home run and that reaction from that crowd than to see the Astros and mm. the uh, Padres in a World Series matchup. Mm. Oh, my <laughs> God. That would be so good. Oh, the Astros man. won't make it there. They're not going to get past the Yankees nope. uh, in the postseason. So that's going to be an interesting, God. interesting postseason. But we're Finally. got a long way to go, ladies. Yeah, we got a long way to go. So there you have it. Tatis is killing it as he always does. Uh, that was a game tying home run, by the way. If you didn't get to see the box score on that video, uh, the score was six to three. Uh, the Astros were winning. It was the ninth inning, and the Padres have two men on threatening with a tying run at the plate. They did what they had to do, bring the tying run to the plate, and Tatis delivered. That is the right man in the right spot. That's who you want at the plate in that moment. And he that's what he does. He does yep. that. He delivers. Yep. And, and the best part is. of that video was Don Orsillo. Yep. Don Orsillo yep. just oh every time we get him on this podcast, I'm like, man, I just I want to be him. I just want to <laughs> be Don Orsillo. He just he calls everything so perfectly. Mm-hmm. Like last mm-hmm. week when he hit the grand slam again, Tatis, he goes, San Diego is still San Diego. It's just he always mm-hmm. has the best one-liners ever. It's like he must write them before every game, like if Tatis hits a grand slam, mm-hmm. like he literally it, that line, the Slam Diego, is in the opening for MLB The Show. Yep. Welcome to Slam Diego. And yep. he just, oh, he's he should be in wrestling. He's so oh, exciting. I like that. He's so I will say, though, this is like the first year that I can remember where the cover athlete on the MLB The Show cover is like the actual best person in the game. I mean, oh, yeah. He's like absolutely killing it. Uh, he, uh, he is. Second he, best. Who's the best? Connie is All right. The best, and is he has also earned my respect for just throwing at everyone. He is unreal. Like, oh, you don't like me? I'm going to throw at your head. <laughs> he didn't do that on purpose. We weren't going to cover that, but we can talk about that quickly. So Otani accidentally threw at Mark Kana up and in, and it was a fastball. And Mark Kana was like looking at him like, oh, and then they, both both benches cleared. And Otani literally smiled. Yep. He was yep. like, all right, this is stupid. It is. <laughs> and that's why it's not in the script. So there you go, folks. There's a short, 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 short version of that, which actually doesn't matter whatsoever. It does matter. Let's go on here to something that does matter. Oh, uh, very exciting. Exciting for, for obviously Sal and us. On your screen there, folks, is Sal Romano. He's in a Reds uniform. So the New York Yankees signed Sal Romano to a minor league deal. The former Reds right-handed pitcher was designated for assignment earlier this year after sporting a 5.23 ERA for the Cincinnati Reds. Uh, and now, as you can see, he is heading over to the Scranton and Wilkesbury Rail Riders. So it's very cool to see a That's homegrown so guy cool. that Tyler and I know. We went uh, to high school with him. Yeah, yeah. He graduated three years before us. He was throwing 98 coming out of high school, mm-hmm. you know. And unfortunately, his velocity is dropping. Yankee fans in general are not very happy about this signing. Um, they're very confused as to why they signed him. Right now, Sal is only a two-pitch guy. Um, his fastball has kind of fallen off. He's thrown his slider and his changeup. If he can get his fastball back up to the velocity it's supposed to be, he's lost about two miles per hour on that fastball, Noah. Um, so hopefully he can get that back where it's going. I, I sent him a message this morning congratulating him on his move over to the New York Yankees uh, and hoping that maybe in this time frame where you guys are down a pitcher, mm. maybe he can get a little uh, rubber start up there, get a little – three, four innings up at Yankee yeah, Stadium. That'd be lit. See how he produces. We have. I don't care what day it is. I'm taking off of work and we're going. <laughs> we got to go see Sal because we could – We, if I mean, if we tell him we're at the game. Oh, yeah. Maybe we get to meet a few people. Dude, if I get to meet – I want to – you know what? Oh, who, all right, who would you want to meet? Let's, we're going to Yankees, Yankees, obviously. Yeah, who I'll would you want to meet? Aaron Judge. Uh, Aaron Judge would be cool, but I feel like everybody meets Aaron Judge. I mean, sure, but I would – well, we don't lead it that way. We so can we go into the clubhouse? I want to meet Giovanni Urshela. 
cool. What? Excuse me? <laughs> no, I want to meet Sal Romano. We we okay. We and, and I and I want to give the bird to uh, Aaron Boone. Oh, me! I'll I'll join you. <laughs> um, we'll get to that later. But um, no. By the way, so you know how I went to the Yankees game a few weeks ago with Drew, coach, and coach's brother Dave. Like like last week actually. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. That's why that's why we weren't on last Sunday. Yeah. Right. Right. Um, I wanted to buy a Geo jersey, as you said, as you should, because I was going to buy one when I was with you. Right. But come to find out. That place that we were at didn't have any outside the stadium. Uh, the place next door doesn't have any. Oh. And then the stadium didn't have any. Well, yeah, because they don't plan on keeping him. That's not true. He's they were be just gone by out. the end of the season. They were sold out. Nope. That was the problem. Nope. Um, and <laughs> it just is annoying that they don't make, like, I don't know, like, I could buy, like, like you know, Garrett Cole shows up. You could buy his jersey before he even signed the contract, you know. But Gio's right. been playing there for, like, three years. It's like, all right, really? <laughs> I, I can buy it online. That's right. fine. Uh, don't do it. He'll get traded the second you buy it. That's why I'm worried to do it. Don't I, don't, do it. I don't think there, there's no way. The Yankees don't have anyone to play that position. He's He's been solid. He's the only person that's actually been reliable. Yeah. Besides, there, there's a few. He's on He's on the very short list of people who have been reliable. But we'll get right. to the Yankees in a little bit because right now, Tyler has to talk about the other team in the uh, AL East here, his boys, the Boston Red Sox. Tyler yes. takes it away. The Sox have actually been doing – Okay. Um, they're not in first place anymore, unfortunately. They have fallen from grace down to second place, but only by half of a game. Um, they're continuing to play really well. Currently, like I said, they're second in the AL East, only half a game behind the first place uh, Rays with a record of 32 and 20. So as you can see, Noah, they are absolutely uh, exceeding expectations from where we had them in the beginning of the year. If you remember, both of us were, even me, I was kind of crapping on this team saying, uh, I don't think they're going to even amount to third place. Third place is absolute best. And they've been in first for the whole season. And uh, until two days ago where the Rays took it. Um, I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing if they can keep it up. But the Sox uh, can currently think they're hitting for their great record as they're sporting a team average of 261 with an OPS of 768, ranking them seventh overall in the MLB. That is way higher than anyone would have ever expected. Uh, the man on the screen here, J.D. Martinez, has an average of 328 with 12 home runs and an OPS of 986. Uh, someone who's just absolutely raking. And I think we're going to say it every week, uh, Noah, is that this guy is the most consistent guy in the lineup. Would you agree with that, that J.D. is the most consistent guy in the Red Sox lineup right now? I agree 100%. That's easy. Every time you look at the game and the Red Sox are either down late or they're down uh, you know, in the, in the – um... And in like the middle of the game, wherever it is, and J.D. Martinez gets a chance to either tie it or give him the lead, he does. Right. Um, and that's usually with a dinger. That's why you guys call him Just Dingers Martinez. Just Dingers Martinez, yeah. So, yeah, I, I'd say he's the most consistent and, and the most reliable, hands down. Yeah, and, you know, there's a lot of other guys uh, helping out as well. Alex Verdugo uh, is one of them who's hitting 293 right now. He's got seven home runs and an OPS of 824. That's not bad either. He's hitting almost, uh, getting almost on average a hit per game, if not higher. Or, well, I mean, most games you're going to get four at bats. So he's at least getting one hit every game with an OPS of 824. That's pretty incredible in itself. And of course, Noah's favorite Red Sox player, Mr. Rafael Devers, with an average of 284, with 14. Home runs at an OPS of 961. He has more home runs than J.D. Martinez. Excuse me? That's insane. Now, I still do think that Rafi needs some work. I don't think that just his uh, batting average and his uh, home run ability is enough to keep him on the team, Noah. Uh, I think if he can get his fielding ability back to where it was mm -hmm. uh, two years ago and get that, I think he's just he's hurting. He's hurting in the field, and he's hurting our chances at better games when he's at third base. Uh, so if he has to take on the DH role, then maybe that's what we use him for and get someone else in there at third because that's hurt. That's definitely the one piece that's really hurting the Sox is our third base uh, ability. What do you think? Um, I mean, I agree that his defense isn't all there, but I think you can equate it to if both weren't there, then there's a problem. But his hitting is – enough to where if he makes those errors he at least makes up for it like if you look at a guy who makes errors and it's so just why like, not get rid of uh, that variable like they did with david ortiz like you're not good enough to play first so we're oh, gonna, it's just gonna dh him 
Yeah, career designated oh. hitter. Oh, okay, that's fine. I thought you meant because we don't have someone who's always DH. It's like a rotating line. Uh, so the Yankees do the same thing. You don't yeah. have someone who's always hitting DH. It's a, they can put them in. They, huh? just, they can uh, put them in left field. Who? They can put them in left field. Roth? Yeah, why not? Anyways, what do we say about left field? I mean, I get it. It's where you pick glass, uh, pick grass, throw it in the wind, and put your finger in your pocket. I mean, it's the dumbest position in in Major League uh, Baseball. You you know you don't you don't do much in left field, obviously. But you always let me bring this up. The one of the biggest plays in the last four years ended the ALCS in left field. Andrew Benintendi diving diving forward to catch the final out of the game. So left. Why field, was Benny in left field? Because Mookie was in right and JBJ was in center. Exactly. But left still matters. So you know what I'm saying if, if you take one of those out, Benny's going to go to the position that's harder to play. But Noah, also, if you're going up to bat right now as a righty, where are you trying to hit that ball? Where am I trying to hit the ball? Yeah. Who are you going to hit it at? I mean, you're told, you. you're told to hit it up the middle. Do you you're want me to, to say left up. field? Yeah. Obviously, everyone wants to poke it to left field because that's where the worst players are put. So if we can change that and just have an incredible outfield, I don't want to put someone who has zero outfield experience in the outfield. Yes, Noah? I was raising my hand for for audio listeners. Um, to be fair, the Red Sox did have the good outfield. And they're kind of just, you know, they're just like, oh, you know. No, hey, listen, we, we do have a good outfield. We still do. Our outfield assists are high. It's not as good as... The one you had that that you gotta agree with. No, we had the best outfield in baseball, hundred percent. And now Milwaukee has the best outfield. Which yeah, is like, what the hell? Their outfield is disgusting. <laughs> it's stupid. Um, but no, it's uh, the addition of Jackie Bradley Jr. I mean, they didn't even need him after Jackie Bradley Jr. left the Red Sox. The Milwaukee already had the best outfield mm-hmm. in baseball, and then adding him with Lorenzo Cain and yeah, but, yeah. So I just think Rafael Devers, as well as he is hitting, should mm-hmm. not get all of the praise he is getting by Red Sox fans. I yep. think it's everyone's got to pump the brakes a little bit and stop giving him as much uh, praise as they are giving him. Um, but I do want to quickly talk about one more person before we move on to the Yankees, because the Yankees have a lot more going on right now than the Red Sox do. Uh, Chris Sale. And not in a good way. Yeah, right. That's There's just a lot more. Uh, Chris Sale actually threw from the mound, Noah. Uh, he threw 15 pitches from the mound this week, so he's still in the early stages of recovery. Uh, but Sox manager Alex Cora said, we believe that he's going to contribute this year, and I know that's what he wants too. Uh, that's massive news for Boston, mm. and uh, hopefully they can keep it up because I'm just excited to see uh, what Chris Sale can do from here. I mean, it's been way too long since we've seen Chris Sale on the mound throwing for the Red Sox. Uh, and I, I can only say, I hope you heal up at so many times before I start to lose faith that yeah. he's going to be ready to come back. Um, I think at, if he's not ready to go by July, August, mm-hmm. he's a great piece. He's, you, he's got to go and we get, we get big names for him or, or big draft picks or big money because, uh, I think he's just become an asset at, or a, um, unnecessary asset at this point. Um, and we're pitching fine without him. I mean, our ERA is not that great. It's like three point something, uh, three point five something, I think. Um, so if we can get someone, even even, you know, uh, someone who's vulnerable right now, the Mets, if we trade him over there and we can pull someone over like Carlos Carrasco, who's injury prone as well, but healthier than Chris Sale, I think that would be an okay move. Uh, but it is. Uh, encouraging to see Chris Sale actually throwing from a mound. Yeah. Um, what do we think of the Sox success so far? I mean, blown away. Mm. Absolutely blown out of the water that they're doing as well as they're doing. Um, but I love it. I know Noah doesn't love it because the Yankees haven't been playing too bad, but they're playing just, it's just like 2018. It's the same story. They're playing just bad enough mm-hmm. to not be in the playoffs. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, if that keeps up, the Red Sox and Rays keep playing the way they're doing and the Yankees do, the Yankees ain't going to make it in. Um, they might get a wild card spot and play either the Red Sox or the Rays because that's what it's going to be. It's going to be these three teams are probably all going to make the playoffs this year. Mm-hmm. And, uh, one of them will be sitting pretty in the number one spot, and the other two will have a one-game playoff. 
Yep. Dear God. Yep. Um, the baseball gods are terrifying, but not much else to report on the Red Sox today. Uh, so let us swap it back over to Noah for his Yankees uh, because they've got some uh, figuring out to do. Yeah, I'm going to speed through this one a bit just because it irritates me. Uh, the Yankees are third in the AML and third in the, uh, I'm sorry, AL East at the moment. Uh, they're three and a half games behind the first place race. They are one and four in their last five games, six and four in their last 10 games. That's not good. Like if you're the Yankees, that's not what you want to see. And that's not what's going to get you into first place in the East. That's the first thing. Okay. So very, very important there to remember. As a team, the Yankees rank 14th in MLB in hitting with an average of 229 and an OBP of 316. Austin 316. Sorry. All right. Um, so, you know, it's not terrible, right? 14, right? I mean, they're, you know, they're, they made it to the top. Top half, great, you know. Uh, but if you're the Yankees or a Yankees fan, you know, you know, you know that they could do better. Uh, hitting has not been clutch or reliable whatsoever. The Manchester screen there, Clint Frazier, has an average of 172, an OBP of 284, with only four home runs this season, and he's ranked as the number seven hitter in the Yankees lineup, which is terrifying. No, right, that's not good. <laughs> no, that's terrifying that he has numbers like that, an average of 172, and yet he's ranked seventh, an OBP of 284. Glaber Torres finally hit a stride last week. Uh, against the Rangers and White Sox, but he has fallen off a bit again this week and continues to have a streaky sporting uh, sporting an average of 264, which is not bad with only two home runs, though. Uh, he was placed, I'm sorry, he is on pace to hit 11 home runs this season in its entirety. If he keeps up at the rate he's With the games that we played to this point, only hitting two home runs, he's on pace to hit 11 home runs. In 2019, he hit 38. Oh, my so that's Lord. Just, that's just that's a disgusting. That's what he's capable of and what he should be doing. The fact that he's not, we need to figure out why. Why isn't he doing that? And we'll, we'll talk about that in a little while. Luke Voigt returned from injury after missing the first 34 games of the season and didn't do much. Could that be acquainted to the fact that he was still injured? Maybe because uh, – or oh, ring rust, sure, as well, right? Um, he has an average of 182. He hit one home run in his stint back in 12 games, and he's back on the I.L. with a grade two oblique strain after playing just those 12 games. So could it be that he was just injured still or yeah, something was like – Sure, I, I agree. They put him in too early. It did feel a bit rushed, and sure, they wanted Voight. He's a big – have Andahar. Like, he's a utility guy. Why They didn't need to bring him in. Oh, no, the, the Yankees were all set with their infield because they also have Odor who's, who's, who's back as well because they could just keep Gio at third. They could put LeMahieu at first, and then they have their center there with um, Torres and, and Odor. Yeah. I mean, that's it. You don't even have to bring Duhar in. So right. they just brought him boy early. They wanted his bat because they wanted his bat to be hot because they were struggling before then. But then he got there and he still couldn't. He, you know, he can't. He couldn't do everything. And right. he, he didn't do much, obviously, because, again, he was probably still injured. Um, Mike Ford who is the Yankees' only other option now for first base, unless they maneuver things around and put DJ over there, has an average of 140 and has hit one home run and is slugging 298. So not slugging at all. A picture. Yeah, not slugging at all is what we're saying here. Uh, another big blow is that Aaron Hicks is out for the rest of the season <laughs> with a wrist injury. He had an average of 194 and was slugging 333. He didn't seem like he had it at all. Like up, up to the point where he was in, he had this injury about two weeks ago. He hadn't hit a single home run yet. He just hadn't had it at all. It did not look like he was going to be doing anything for us, at least at this point. Right. So he's out. He's on the chopping block 100%. Uh, and I'm going to say that right now. He is definitely someone um, that, you know, I, I could see being moved at some point. So I hate him, but I'd sign him with the Red Sox. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, let's see. Corey Kluber is another big blow to the Yankees. I couldn't believe that one. That one blew my mind when I got that notification. Yep. Kluber is out for a minimum of two months. So after proving many naysayers wrong to start the season and hurling a no-no, Kluber is out for a little bit of time here. And that's a minimum of two months. Could be longer. Uh, a big blow to the Yankees. His ERA was 304, and he had a record of four and three. So he was really turning it around. Those three losses came, I'm pretty sure, consecutively to start the season. And then he had those four consecutive wins to really get things uh, hit a stride there. It looked like he was returning to true form here. So it sucks now that he has this injury. And who Too knows much. how serious. But that's why the Yankees have this guy. That's the answer, right? Yes, could be, could be, and we'll we'll get there in a little bit. Um, 
Uh, let's see here. I will say one thing that we could say here is thank God that the Yankees do have these three men that I'm going to name now. Aaron freaking Judge, Giancarlo freaking Stanton, and Garrett freaking Cole, baby. So Judge has an average of 302 with 13 home runs and an OPS of 926. So he's actually helping us here. And here's a fun fact. Sixth of Judge's 13 home runs this season have either tied a game or have given the Yankees the lead. So Judge is coming through when he needs to, which is good. But again, when the Yankees rely on home run or strikeout, and that's what we talk about with Judge. So yes, his, his stats are good. He's been getting a few hits in between there as well. You, you, don't, you don't just get a 302 average with hitting um, uh, just dingers, okay? But the biggest thing is he can't do that all the time because if he's going to rely on the strikeout home run and occasionally he's going to rip a single, that's not the most reliable thing we can do. And Judge can't do that every game. Like it takes more than one person to win it, to win a game and to win a World Series. We're talking about all right. the time. All right. Another guy who's been helping out is Stan, has an average of 272 um, with nine homers and he has an OPS of 850. He just came back from injury. So he's a little um, he's a little uh, shaky, obviously, in returning from injury. Um, so there's that. And then Garrett freaking Cole, his ERA is 178 with you ready for this 97 strikeouts in 70 innings. Dear God. That's unbelievably amazing. And I've said this before. We would suck without Garrett Cole, plain and simple. Like, if we didn't have – you imagine if the Yankees didn't have Garrett Cole? You guys would be at 20 wins. Easily. Easily. Like, we'd be so bad. So, the Yankees are 29-23. to Not terrible, but not great. They lost Friday and yesterday to the to the Tigers, to the Detroit Tigers. And this is where my rage comes in. They were outscored 9-3 to by the Tigers. You know who started the game on Friday, Tyler? Who? Garrett Cole. Garrett Cole started the game. Guess how many runs the Yankees scored in nine innings? Zero. One. They scored one run for Garrett Cole. And Garrett Cole gave up a single run in like the third inning, right? So God forbid his, his boys get him some more runs. First of the yeah. eight. Yeah, and, and I never, ever turn off baseball games. And you know that. No. We don't leave baseball games early unless it was like the Bees game. We left the Bees game early. We were there on Thursday, but it was raining and it was thunder and lightning and they were the Bees. So who cares? The tickets were $8. So. <laughs> um, check out the Bees, though. It's a great time. Great time. Uh, I never turn off games early. I never leave games early. I don't like to, at least. Ever. I turned off Friday's game when the Yankees didn't score on the top of the ninth because I knew they were just going to lose. I was like, I'm, I'm done. I'm done. I'm leaving. And sure enough, they lost. No, no shock there. And then I turned the game off yesterday, Saturday, in the sixth inning. After the Tigers put up six runs on the Yankees in total, the Yankees were uh, outscored six to one. Six to freaking one. Dude, we can't blame injuries. There's not that many. No. All right. Oh, Luke Voigt is out. Oh, no. Guess what? You have LeMayhew in your lineup. You have Judge in your lineup. You have Stanton in your lineup. You have all of these people. Urshela has been pretty solid. They need to produce. Uh, many teams, and I've heard this argument here, this argument annoys the hell out of me. Many teams don't don't score runs when their ace is on the mound. Look at the Mets and DeGrom. Yep. How is that's no, that's that's not an excuse. It is inexcusable if you can't get it a few runs for especially for your ace. Especially yep. for your ace. It's a baseballism. It really is. It's it's just one of those things. Every ace does not get run support. Same thing happens to Chris Sale. It is the same way across everywhere in baseball because everyone goes in there thinking like, oh, we only need to score one, two, right? And also the aces, you think about it, they do line up like the number ones, like those games, like the, you know, everyone has a similar schedule as it, in terms of the amount of games played. Right. You're playing so against the, another ace usually. Yes, right. So you're playing against another ace usually, which sure we can account it to that too. But you're okay, you're the Yankees. But not always. No, exactly, not always. And you need to get it together. It's the Tigers. And I also was at a game. It was Red Sox Cleveland, Chris Sale versus Carlos Carrasco. It should have been a zero to zero game into the ninth. It was no final score was nine to eight. You know, it, it, you can hit off of an ace. It's possible. Um, so I, I, that's just, it is the excuse. I'm not m making it my own excuse. It just is the age old excuse, Mr. Cross. Yeah, it is the age old excuse. And it's ridiculous. It's an excuse is that because yeah. when Garrett Cole's on the mound and you can't get him, like literally we, we had segments here. Where we literally titled them save DeGrom because DeGrom is over in City Field throwing his arm out, trying to, you know, keep the Mets literally. in the game. And he, and he is keeping the Mets in. That was okay. Too soon, and he literally was keeping the Mets in the game, and now, 
And now I need to make a segment probably in the next two weeks if the Yankees keep this crap up where I have to say, save Garrett Cole. And let's get Garrett <laughs> Cole on a team that can actually win him some games and maybe get him a World Series ring. Because now it's looking like there's two teams in New York that can't score anything when the race is on the mound. You have the best two pitchers in baseball in New York City, and they both have losses or no decisions on their record because their teams literally can't get them runs. That is inexcusable. I don't want to hear that, oh, teams don't get runs when their aces on the mound. Are they being lazy? Is that the problem? Because if they're yeah. being lazy, they shouldn't be playing. That then then no then go, then go play somewhere else. We need yeah, people who are going to score runs and come through. I'm tired of seeing Clint Frazier in the lineup. Clint Frazier left six men on base in the game yesterday. Six. Ugh. And again, and guess what? Guess who's going to be in the lineup again today? Oh, I, I'm going to guess uh, Joe Torre. No, Clint. Well, I probably. You know what? At this point. Let's try anything because Clint <laughs> Frazier is probably going to be on the mound again today. And this is going to lead me into my segment down here. So Noah's boiling hot take. I'm done. I'm not going to defend the Yankees today. I'm not doing it. I don't have anything to, 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 to say to defend them. Sure. Judge is great. Stanton's doing good. Uh, uh, Cole is doing good. But all in all, the Yankees are underperforming to a degree that is just unreal. Nobody would have said, Tyler, would you have said the Yankees would have played this poorly to start the season? Not a chance. Not a chance. You're a Red Sox fan. You probably uh, you probably would have just said, oh, yeah, Yankees suck because you're a Red Sox fan. I'm sorry? I had them winning the division. Yes, and many people did. Many people did. And the betting odds, I think, still say Yankees-Dodgers for the World Series. Does this mean they can't turn it around? Absolutely not. However, this is a podcast, and I'm here to tell you that right now, the Yankees don't look like they're going to make the playoffs by anything. At this rate, they might not even make the freaking wild card if the Blue Jays keep beating them. Because guess what? The Blue Jays can swept them after losing six games. Yep. Um, realize what moves need to be made. That's number one. The I just feel like the Yankees are just in a tunnel. They have tunnel vision, right. and they, they don't realize – I'm sorry? They think they're fine. Yes, that's the problem. They think they're fine. They say, oh, our, our offense will come through. Boone has said that numerous times. And I'm like, I get that. But this is – like, you got to make moves sometimes, dude. Like, look at look at the Rays. The Rays traded Willie Adamas. The guy was swinging 217 in an average and no PP at 280, uh, 283. Was that amazing? No. But they said, you know what? We need to make a move here. And it kind of worked because the Rays are in first place now. And it's not even like they were making an example out of them. They just knew that they had to make a move. The Yankees need to realize when moves need to be made. Like, listen, I'm sorry. I know you have, you're really high on Frazier in the beginning. It doesn't seem like it's working. Like, yeah. I don't know what you want me to say to you. Like, how, how long are we going to say it'll come through eventually? I'm going to make an example of someone. I think it's uh, Clint Frazier and Gary Sanchez are the two that I would put up there as guys who could move and actually motivate the team to do better. Yeah, those two, honestly. I mean, I, and you know what? I'm going to say it. Gleyber Torres is, is, is up there as well. Uh, if you're looking at, you know, his defense is, is actually picking up his defense a little bit, which is great. His hitting did come in a couple weeks ago. But every pitcher on the team can't be streaky. And that right. is one thing. I saw an article the other day saying that if the Yankees really used the versatility in their lineup and they used everyone for different things, like if they used guys like, like DJ, guys like Gleyber to get on base – and right. then they use Stanton and Judge to be the to be the guys who hit jacks. And then they use the Gio Urshelas, the Miguel Andujars, the Aaron Hicks. Those guys can put the ball in play and be the patient and be the walk hitters. If they could be dynamic like that, that's cool. But we know what do the Yankees like to do? Home runs. Yep, like home run or strikeout. Those are the scenarios that they have in their head, and those, that's the real thing. That's what Michael K said. Yeah. He said when you're training, you know, when the Yankees, their their mentality is. This is, a, this is not just saying this. This is what they do is oh, home and sure. strike out. Those are the outcomes. Like, that's what you're going to do. Um, so that's just a problem. They need, they need to really shift things here. And one big shift is I just I – don't, I don't think Marcus Thames is, is, is it anymore in terms of a hitting coach because it's clear it's just not working. Um, I don't know who else to, you could pull into this position. There are thousands of people. Thousands, tons. It just doesn't seem like it's working. It just doesn't. I mean, look at the Mets. The Mets said to their hitting coach, all right, this is bad, and they just got rid of him midseason, which is rare. The baseball they doesn't like to do that. Are the Yankees going to get rid of Marcus Thames? No. Who's the um, best hitter of the last 20 years? The best Yankee hitter of the last 20 years. He's not playing. Currently is all over the news constantly. Someone who is looking to be in baseball again. Yes. Yeah, I saw it cross your mind right there. Just no. tell me. I Who? saw your eyes. Tell, tell me. Tell me. Alex Rodriguez should be a part Not a of the chance. Station. I don't know if it's as a hitting coach, but if you bring I him love in, it. Um, as some sort of, not, maybe not coach, but maybe a, a bench coach, maybe a clubhouse manager, maybe mm -hmm. something like that, where he's a presence like Jason Veritek. 
Yes. Hey, imagine, imagine the rivalry. You put mm -hmm. Jason Veritek across the dugout from Alex Rodriguez, baby boy. That's gonna be nuts. That's gonna be nuts. You see those two going up against each other all the time. Oh man, I can. That's kind of like. It. That's kind of like the WWE bringing back legends because they know they're so because they need to. Like, right. That's just kind of weird to me. The rivalry reignite the Yankees sure. fans because Yankee fans ruthless. Ruthless. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. So are Boston. Not as bad though. But yeah. Yankee fans, if you can get a Rod or just someone else from that team in that era, get them on the. Oh man, They'll turn the team around. Mm -hmm. 100%. Absolutely. So there. Yeah. So the Yankees desperately need to address the hitting situation. And like we said, and this was weird is these guys are good hitters. We've seen in the last few years that they're good hitters. So could it be a coaching issue? Who good. knows? Right? We know we know they're good hitters. So what's the problem? If it's not them, is it is it what they're being told? Or maybe they're changing too many things? Right. They're being told to change too many things? Who knows? Uh, next up, the Yankees need a solid number two to follow Garrett Cole. Garrett Cole's doing it by himself. He has nobody. Garrett Cole has it looked like he was going to have Kluber, but now that Kluber's injured, there's a problem. Right. Jamison uh, Dion needs to step up. Oh, definitely, definitely. Who that, who that number two is, I don't know. Um, moves uh, moves must be made at the trade deadlines, considering our outfield is now in trouble, right? The Yankees had a very deep outfield, but now it's looking abysmal because we have Hicks out, so that's a big hole there. We're relying on Brett Gardner, who had a great streak of a couple he's weeks, fine. but he's still in his last year. I mean, listen, I'm, I'm after this year, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm good. Brett Gardner can play as long as he wants. I'm, I'm good at this season. consistent player. Uh, they, def they definitely need a replacement for Kluber. One thing I'm going to say is that I made this argument before on the show. I think the Yankees should really, really, they need to go after. I just got the Yankee lineup card for today. Me too. Clint, Clint Frazier is hitting in the eight hole. Shocker. Told you. <laughs> and Wade is playing center field. Is he? No, wait. Uh, what is happening? Yeah, you see what I mean there, folks? There's a problem. All right. Anyway. <laughs> I'm a prophet. I'm a prophet. Miguel Andujar is playing first base. There you go. I'm a prophet. Um, I saw the future. Uh, let's see here. Where was I? So one person that I really, really think the Yankees should pursue is after this season, I, I don't see Odor coming back. I think Odor will be here for the season, and that's it. Yeah. Um, yes. Uh, and if the Yankees do move people around, like Andujar could be, Andujar has been hitting well, but he's still a trade piece, especially because he's good. You know, he's been well, so who knows? Trade him and Odor and get a pitcher. A pitcher could work. I really need, I need this in my life. So this individual is in his last year uh, under contract with, with this team. Do you know what I'm going to say? Maybe. Are you going to Texas? I am. Yeah, I don't want that at all. I I think he would thrive in New York. I think he would do well. He's he's on an ascension in his career that is unbelievable, and he would be that piece of the puzzle that I think would give the Yankees the charge they need. Carlos Correa in pinstripes would be Actually, not where I thought you were going, but okay. Who do you think I was going to say? I thought you were going with a, a pitcher, a certain pitcher. Oh, no, 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 no. They're not going anywhere. No, Carlos Correa, the Houston Astros' current shortstop, was in his last year here. He made $11 million this last year. If the Yankees can shed a couple pieces of payroll, maybe trade someone for some cash, I think he would fit that team unbelievably well. I really do. Carlos Correa, I've said it before, and I'll say it again. Carlos Correa needs to be playing for the Yankees, and he needs to be playing in New York. I think it makes perfect sense. And, and I'm going to say this again. The Yankees... I, I like Aaron Boone. I do. He's great. I just don't think he's working. I just don't think he's working. And Tyler can probably agree with me on that. No, I he, mean, Aaron Boone's fine. I don't think he's your problem. Um, but I, I, I do. I, think you I do. Get something new in there. Um, some new pep in the step. They love Aaron Boone. Yankee players. I know. Love I know. So if you switch something up, they're not making the World Series this year. Um, so no, I'm not going to switch anything this year. I think he needs to stick around. Uh, but man, it has been a rough start for your Yankees. Oh yes. And I am going to stick with this last name here that I want to be the Yankees new manager, Buck Showalter. All right. I'm Buck Showalter would thrive as the Yankees new manager. He has been so good. He's been giving better takes than Aaron Boone himself and like interviews and such. Like, I think he just has a good understanding of the team and he would do very, very well in that moment. I'm saying, I said it before and I'll say it again. I'm sticking with it and I think it's going to happen. Give it five years. I think it's going to happen. Carlos Correa in pinstripes. I want it like so bad because I love Correa, which is weird. 
And I don't know, Buck Walter as the manager would be great. But one thing we can say for sure, for certain, is the Yankees need to get it together, tighten it up, and turn it around. Because right now, there is not a single savage in any box in the Bronx. You have three savages, but that's it. There's three. They need more than that to do something. So <laughs> there is definitely a savage on the mound. So just a reminder, we're streaming on Facebook at YouTube, Facebook, YouTube at Bard and Cross Entertainment and Twitch at TBARD5195. And if you love podcasts, make sure you visit CloverCrestMedia.com for a wide selection of great shows covering sports, business relationships, pop culture, politics, and true crime. There are 28 shows in the hashtag CMG Network. And if you don't find one you like, start one of your own. We can help you launch your podcast for as little as $15 per month. CloverCrestMedia.com is the website to visit. Make sure you check it out and tell your friends all about it. You can visit CloverCrestMedia.com and click on the link for the latest in your favorite cmg sports podcast as well as blogs videos and latest information and with that being said that's tyler bard i'm your host noah cross and this has been baseball with the bard About to throw his 58th pitch in an inning in the third. High drive! Deep right field! Back is Hanniger! There's home run number 50! Fernando Tatis Jr. has hit his 50th home run of his young career, and the Padres take a 7-1 lead.